Bucky's Basement. Whack. Welcome back to Bucky's Basement. I'm Bucky, and as always, in the basement with me is Old Boy. Yep. And Juicebox. I'm also here. And if you guys are watching this on, uh, or if you guys are listening to us right now, we just want you to know that you can actually watch this episode on YouTube. And the only reason I'm pointing that out this week is because Old Boy has added a few things behind him in the basement on the wall. And I rearranged. He rearranged. And now I can't stop staring over his left shoulder <laughs> at one of my just childhood crushes that apparently Arnold? Not Arnold. He does ha- have a brand new Conan the Barbarian uh, movie poster on Hell the wall. Yeah. If you guys are watching this on YouTube. No, but I'm speaking of um, a poster that. Old boy explicitly said that he had to order and it took weeks to come in. <laughs> it, it, not a month. It took over a month to come in. It came from China, apparently. And you ordered this how? On eBay. Oh, I thought you said Amazon. Amazon. Well, Amazon, it took the same situation. This also came from China. And I, I feel like it came um, from somebody's house printer. Yeah, yeah, yep, totally. that's what happened. I mean, it's uh, and we're not going to tell you what this poster is, but it is iconic. And yeah. uh, the only way to see that is to get jump on YouTube and look up Bucky's Basement, watch this episode. Right. So this week's episode, we decided to dive into the 1986 uh, Academy Award Nominate. nominated film. We yeah. would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I believe so. Peggy Sue got married, starring. Obviously, Kathleen Turner. (laughs) I was going to say Nick Coppola. (laughs) It was directed by Nick Cage's uncle, Francis Ford Coppola, which was just kind of weird for what kind of he was doing at the time, right? He had just came out of Godfather and Apocalypse Now. And, you know, this was, and I read some things, and this was like a strange time in his life when he was, he he just wanted to, he actually opened his own uh, studio called like Toe Trope. Uh, studio or whatever and this was the first movie out of that studio Hmm. it's such a weird choice but yes okay and i think the next two he bombed and the studio closed so that's interesting because i was going back and i don't know a ton about francis ford coppola you know beyond just like his major movies so i was going back and looking at his filmography and he it's it's all over the place. Like he's got some great movies and then he's got some stuff that's, you know, rated about five on IMDb and it's right. questionable. And I I'm was so curious about this movie because it seemed like reading about it, it kind of went through some sort of a pre-production hell, whereas there was the director was changing, the actresses, the actress changed, mm-hmm. like several things happened and then it landed with F- Francis Ford Coppola directing it. So it's like... How did that even come about? Was this like just something that he wanted to do with his new studio because he knew it would probably be like a you know a fairly fairly decently received movie? What do you uh, think Nick Cage calls uh, Uncle Francis? You think he calls him Uncle Francis? Uncle Frank. Uncle, Uncle Frank? Frank. Probably. I, that but sounds I mean, like but, a Nick Cage. But then he he didn't go by Frank Coppola though. No, but I mean that's you his think nephew. So? Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Frank. Okay, he uh, apparently is known for just bringing out these rookie actors 
and they have insane careers, right? So you have all these actors these days that want to be in a Tarantino film just to be in the Tarantino film. It seems like the, the reverse of back then would be uh, you wanted to be found by Francis Ford Coppola, right? Okay. So he basically founded um, Michael Corleone. He founded Pacino, right? Okay. That was one of his first films. Right. You could basically say that about De Niro too, but he had been in a couple of things prior right. to that. Okay. Um, he founded Harrison Ford in Apocalypse Now. That was his first film, right? Uh, okay. So diving into this, we've uh, already said that Nick Cage and Kathleen Turner are in Peggy Sue Got Married. There are some other big names that just make appearances right off the bat. Scene number one, I was like, holy shit, young Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt, yeah. yeah. Right. So Peggy Sue, uh, well, no, we'll do that in a second. Let, but let, Let's just say, though, like Kathleen Turner was already a pretty established actress. Yes, she wasn't sure. an up-and-coming yes. actor at this point. She so, was like But she was the, the lead, right? Yeah. And, and she was, it, crazy enough, she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress in this movie. She did great. Um, she, she did. She yeah. did do great. Um, I'm confused too. Like the cinematographer was in, but uh, nominated for an Academy Award, and yep. I was like thinking, like you told me that beforehand before I started watching the movie, and as I'm watching it, like I'm like thinking about that. I'm like, what? Why? Why was it nominated? Well, yeah. Is it just because it's like has that old timey feel, and they did a good job, like kind of making it the, feel like a shooting like, like the, the 60s, the yeah. vintage? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, all- it didn't. I mean, it wasn't anything too special about it, but. I but mean, that in dude, my, in my mind, that dude also did the cinematography. He was the director of photography for Blade Runner, which is insane, and he wasn't nominated for anything for that. <laughs> for which that, is, <laughs> which is wild to me, because Blade Runner. I mean, I'm not the biggest Blade Runner fan, but I can appreciate for like sure. the production value of it. Right, and this is just a simple movie. They yeah. made some old people look like high school kids. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's nothing. To that, there's no, I mean, there's, yeah. but uh, the third nomination for the Academy Award, if you guys out there didn't know, was uh, Best Costume Design, which I guess, you know, you can just throw that in because you're having yeah. to go from present day 1985 to 1960. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get off track, but right back to the last person in this uh, film that Francis Ford Coppola founded uh, was prior to, this was his very first movie. He had just become uh, come out of living in a tent in his sister's yard. Jim Carrey. Jim did, Carrey's did, in it, yeah. And he does an amazing job. Yeah. Um. And, but the, and this is his first ever movie. He was like a small time comedian that Rodney Dangerfield, Rod, Rodney Dangerfield founded. Um, Why do you keep saying founded? I, I don't know. He found him. He, he found he, him. He found he him on a stage somewhere doing stand up comedy okay. and signed him. Rodney Dangerfield signed him to his whatever he had back then. I got you. You just keep saying founded. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's messing with me. All right, so he discovered. Is that yeah, better? There you go. Yeah, or, he's, or he found. He f- oh, <laughs> you don't like the way I talk? Um, no, it's bothered me. Anyway, so today we are reviewing Peggy Sue Got Married. And as always in Bucky's basement, before we review this movie, we got to tell you what the plot is, just in case you haven't seen it or you want to be encouraged to go back and watch it before you listen to the rest of this podcast. We do an, a segment on this show called Plot by Juicebox. Oh boy, how does plot by Juicebox go? We uh, Juicebox reads a plot, then he reads the real plot by Juicebox. That's correct. All right. Peggy Sue faints at a high school reunion. When she wakes up, she finds herself in her own past, just before she finished school. That was the quick one from IMDb. <laughs> that I was like it? it? That's perfect. Yeah. That's great. I mean, there's some longer ones, but I'm going to spare everybody the, okay. the right. longer ones. Uh, mine was... A middle-aged housewife 
gets stuck in a repeating time loop as she goes back in time and marries the same person over and over again. She never learns a lesson. Amen. I mean, that was a little sloppy. I could have probably could have done something better, but you know, virtually that's it. I mean, look, we're, we're dealing with a movie in 1986 where apparently time travel was popular then right no kidding so did you think that like they heard back to the future was coming out and just was like let's capitalize on this tweak it. we won't go to the yeah. 50s we'll go to the 60s there that's what i read was it was like the girls version of back to the future like back to the future michael j fox is for guys they made peggy sue got married for girls right but in my lifetime and i've read this and a lot of people say this movie is about time travel but in my lifetime and my experience is you have to have a vessel to time travel, right? In this movie, she faints on a stage and then all of a sudden wakes up in 1960. And to me, that's more of a Wizard of Oz type deal than actual time travel, right? Okay. I, I feel you on that. And I wrote down that they just don't care about the like the science fiction of the time travel. They're just like, she's back in time. Don't worry about why. Don't worry about the how. Just like know that she's back in time, and that's the way the story's going. They didn't get hung up on any of the extra stuff. Even yeah. though in a later scene, when she goes back in time, and she's talking to the young nerd billionaire right. about time travel, and he just comes up with like these random Einstein theories on how this actually could be possible. Yeah. It wasn't a 88 miles an hour and it, you know, no. it wasn't electricity or anything. Well, uh, it kind of was, but anyway, getting back to it, this, this movie opens, obviously we've, we've told you a little bit about it. Peggy Sue is, uh, going through a divorce with the one and only Nicholas Cage, AKA what it what was his charlie uh, charlie charlie yeah. but what was his uh he was a furniture salesman or something yeah the they, appliance king that was a very simple okay. the uh, appliance king yeah. yeah so they hit you with him straight out the gate too i don't know if you guys noticed that like the credits i wrote down the credits are very boring like it's just solid colors with like the words on the screen nothing's happening First thing you cut into is that cage with or that commercial with nick cage doing his voice and his looking his crazy ass way it's like Hit you in the face like a punch in the like hit you like a punch in the face. Yeah, and and, and this is pre voice eight sixteen year old Nick Cage or eighteen year old Nick Cage. Right. right? This is supposed to be like middle age. So Mick, yeah, Nick Cage. So to yeah. a, a, a casual Nick Cage fan, or Charlie, yeah, he seems normal in this commercial. No. Well, I mean, not no, but. <laughs> 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 no, his, his fucking voice. Like, I wrote down, what's up with that fucking accent? Yeah. Right but the voice gets so much higher when we go back to 1960. Yeah. His balls hadn't dropped. Yeah. I, 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 I hope that. No, I've got a theory on that later on. Okay. So hold All that, right. write that down, whatever. But um, that is very true. You get slapped in the face with Nick Cage in the whole thing. It seems like he comes in drunk to this high school reunion. All right, so the movie opens in in, in uh, Helen or sorry, Helen Hunt is getting her mom uh, ready for this twenty fifth and you know reunion twentieth yeah twenty fifth high school 25th, reunion. Twenty fifth. I okay. thought they only had like ten, twenty, thirty. I didn't know twenty five even existed. Maybe right in the eighties, it did. But so she's reluctant to go to this. She goes to it. She wears this like crazy flashy dress like you would in high school i guess yeah and she shows up and everybody just looks like plain jane they're like fucking you know how what yeah are, it's what, been 25, 25 years. years how old are you 40 yeah 40, 41 something like that yeah it's 42 like peggy sue get a fucking life 
So anyway, fast forward, you start to uh, see some interesting characters in this. Obviously, Nick Cage shows up in the all white suit. It looks like he's drunk coming downstairs. Yeah, yeah. You meet the friends. You meet uh, aforementioned Jim Carrey, right? Jim Carrey. So Jim Carrey is one of the Nick Cage's high school friends. He's also in a like a crooner group with him. Yeah, where they sing acapella. <laughs> oh, yeah. Acapella group. Yeah. So that was wild to me too. Like just to think about that was like the band of the '60s. You know, people didn't have like as many instruments, I guess, or access to instruments. So you just started an acapella group. Yeah. You're basically meeting these high school people right out the bat. Like there's Richard, you know, he's the guy who, this short guy who became famous and you're already asking yourself, you know, why, what's he famous for? Is he rich? Is he, they don't explain that. So all the friends are getting together. They're meeting each other, just like you would at a high school reunion. And they're uh, walking around this room prior to all the festivities starting. Uh, And then, and then this is my first, like, um, what do we call it uh, when you guess the plot? Uh, plot master? Plot ma- yeah, that's it. Sorry. Plot master. Uh, when they're walking around and they're looking at posters on the wall of people who used to be like the popular people in high school. And they've yeah. got these massive posters 25 years later. Like who's going to spend money on that? They're still promoting these people 25 years later. Right. I know. Like this is what it was. This this is what made our class famous. Is these people. These people. But they also had a big giant blow up of that uh, writer dude who like apparently everybody kind of hated and was like the outcast. Mm-hmm. Like why did they have a giant blow up of that guy? <laughs> That's a great point. Did he become famous later? He uh, did write. He wrote a book. But I'm confused. I'm, we can talk about it, I guess. But I, I was confused of like whether or not he wrote that book and became famous before she went back in time, or like her uh, going back in time and hooking up with him was like what caused him to write that book. Huh. So that that is going to come about because this movie is it's kind of split up into you know two major parts. The beginning, the very end is a small ending, but the whole chunk of this movie is 1960, and yeah. how we get to 1960, which is 25 years earlier. Is we've got a woman in in a marriage shambles with Nick Cage, midlife crisis, just complete yep. midlife. She's crisis. a housewife. She, I, I guess, she doesn't work, right? She doesn't. Yeah, um, it doesn't uh, didn't seem like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, and her her husband has a girlfriend, and uh, he's cheating is, on yeah, her, leaving Nick, her. Cage, Nick Cage cheating on her, right? Or Charlie. So she dolls herself up, goes to her old high school reunion, which is probably a small high school, and uh, it's depressing. It seemed pretty small. And yeah. And then, yeah, she wins an award for reunion queen. It's something like that. Like, so that's. Do you think that actually like happened and it just dissipated over the years? Because I don't know. so at this twenty fifth, the the main Probably, thing at this twenty right? fifth high school reunion was renaming a high school prom king and queen. 25 years later, so it's not the more popular people anymore. But you know what? It probably, those things probably did happen. Think think, Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say, like, um, Bucky, you've been in this business before. When I was first out of high school, I worked in, like, the banquet business at a hotel, and we did, like, lots of reunions, and they did stuff like this. I swear to God, it was, I mean, this was for older people, so maybe it wouldn't affect it in the same way, but I swear to God, Facebook, like, killed off reunions because that. everybody yeah. already knows whatever what's going on with everybody That's a it's great like you point. keep up with the people that you want to keep up with like yeah and think no about one cares th- about going to an event to see other people that they haven't seen in a long time right. because everybody's they see them all they see them on yeah. online all the everybody time. already overshares but the older those older generations i mean you know man you'd see older people still wearing their high school rings like it was a yeah. it was a weird deal yeah it was a whole other thing they're proud of that right 
Yeah. Although so. there's there's things in life you can accomplish much more and further sure. beyond. Yeah, that. yeah, but I'm, yeah. So um, I'm sure it probably was a thing though. So before we get to 1960, we got just two more quick things to cover. One is the Below? the crowning of the mm-hmm. king and queen. But prior to that, so they're getting ready to do these festivities and bring the prom king and queen. Re, it's like redrafted prom king and queen 25 years later on stage. They cut to a scene off stage where we're still learning the friends, and uh, there's a scene where Jim Carrey takes one of the girls, which I his old flame, right? oh his Take, old flame yeah. from high school, his into the flame. into the bathroom, and they start doing cocaine. Right, it was the eighties. Yeah, I get. I mean, it was the eighties, but it's not like people were there just like drinking and getting fucked up. Uh, I think they were. You think they were? Yeah. They didn't show that on screen, but they made it very apparent to show Jim Carrey and this girl doing blow in the bathroom and talking about it. I love, too, he's like, what I think he was a dentist. He's like, I'm a dentist. I can get the medical grade. It's like medical that, grade cocaine. Cocaine? Yeah, Dude, from being a dentist. I fucking made so many notes. I was like, wait, dentists get pharmaceutical grade coke? <laughs> like, we is made, this, is, were we just not going to the right dentist? Yeah, we, we made the wrong career move is what it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, that's it's like, and plus... Not only you're a dentist, you can get pharmaceutical grade coke. You can just walk out with it uh, right. and not use it for work. Right, unaccounted for. Jim Carrey was doing some shady shit 25 years later. Yeah, mm. I can't imagine what you know some of them were doing. But anyway, so they're doing blow in the bathroom. Meanwhile, outside, there's their prom or they're uh, they're crowning the prom king and queen. Uh, the king is Richard, the nerd from high school who grows right. up to become a billionaire off computers. We've said that. They call out the queen, Peggy Sue. She looks the part. She gets on stage. And it's, it's so overwhelming that she faints into a vessel that takes her back to 1960. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe her mind just transferred to her body in 1960. That's my that's my uh, pseudoscience. I mean, it has to, that has to be it because there's no way like her parents and everybody else was like, oh, here's this 42-year-old woman that's automatically I mean, living on her house. So right, like, but don't... I mean, she looked 42 in the past to me, too. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, she yeah, looked yeah. 42 yeah, in the yeah. past. Like, yeah. you have to think that, yeah, her brain just got transferred yeah. into her younger body yeah. or something. That's my science. Okay, so I'm still I'm still 100% Wizard of Oz method here. Because here's the deal. She passes out at the prom. She wakes up in the hospital. Same, you know, same thing. And she just went through this in a dream. Okay, so you're saying she didn't time travel at all, is what you're saying. This is all a dream. Okay, Okay. so I wrote down something about that because I was having a hard deal, hard time with it. For one thing, anytime I watch a time travel movie, I'm always thinking about like, is this a time loop? You know what I'm saying? Has this been going on over and over again? Like her going back in time and telling the nerdy dude about like all the stuff, all the inventions that he was going to do, like in turn leads him to make these inventions, yada, yada, yada. But. The thing that makes me think that it actually was time travel for some reason is because the book that the hipster beatnik dude dedicates to her at the end, but she had never had an interaction with him like the first time around that she was talking about. You know, that was one thing that she always regretted that she never talked to him or whatever. So to me, like when I was 100% with you, I was like, this was not actually time travel. This was her like having a near death experience and like going back and like, like working something out, like almost like being on an acid trip or something like that. But that whole thing, that dedication in that book threw a wrench in the whole, oh, the whole work. Okay, so that was from the beatnik, not the nerdy guy. It was yeah, the beatnik. The beatnik. Oh, it was. Guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So 1960, we wake up in high school. Uh, it appears as if they transitioned this by her waking up from giving blood or passing out from giving blood, which was kind of a smart, you know, little transition. Sure. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And this is where we first meet our uh, nasal Nick Gage, is what I'm going to call him. <laughs> yeah. Can you do an impression so the uh, so the listeners? I want yours knows. first. Uh, um, no. I- it's just, it's so, it's... Um, Peggy Sue. <laughs> it's, it's like even higher than yeah, that, though. It's, it's, it is. And it's got like a... Uh, Can we do a... Maybe we'll have to do a clip. Peggy Sue, Peggy... I mean, you yeah, that's talk, close. That's close. Gotta, Keep going. Um, <laughs> I just made a withdrawal. Now I'm going to take my deposit or that something not, like that. That was not good. It's one of the first things he says. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. But it's... the Peggy I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but Nick Cage's accent or whatever voice he's putting on is terrible. His look and his accent took me out of the movie immediately. I was like, what? I mean, for one, it was like, okay, this is Nick Cage. But at the, for two, it was like, this is wildly distracting. Okay, yeah. so here's my theory on this. Uh, we got to take ourselves out of today's Nick Cage glasses, right? We've got to put ourselves in the side 1986 Nick Cage. Because let's be honest, this is his... Third movie, maybe fourth. No, he's got a lot of other movies under his belt. Like he's probably been in ten movies at this point. Maybe not. Maybe not huge parts. Maybe not leading roles. But he's been in. Like if you look back at his IMDb, he's been in about eight to ten movies by the time this movie comes out. Right. Okay. So, well, my getting back, my theory was he's still just testing the waters of acting. He's trying to (laughs) see where he. So this is like tenth movie. He's like you know. I'm going to try something I'm kind of defending Nick Cage here. He's just trying something new. It didn't work. Sometimes it right. works out. It doesn't work out. I mean, look at uh, what is it, Tom Hardy and Bane or like shit that like just is right. just way off the wall. But Tom Hardy and Bane had to go through Christopher Nolan and Christopher Nolan had to approve it and probably tweaked it for what he wanted. I just. I but. But. True. I read that Coppola f- was against it too, right? Like I think. I, I don't know. From what I read, he was like, wouldn't do anything about it. Like it, I read that the uh, Kathleen Turner was like off put. Yeah. She was put off by it. Thought it was a joke, brought it up with Coppola. He just like kind of brushed it off and Nicholas Cage was doing it because he didn't even really want to be in the movie, but they like kind of just made him be in the movie or something. So Maybe he was like, contract. I'm going to, yes. So he's like, I'm going to do play it like this wild whatever this is but man like you i don't care what role you get don't you just do the best you can because you want to get in other movies i mean True. like even if yeah. you're a piece of shit you're like i'm gonna shine in this but piece this of dude shit. is obviously like benefiting from nepotism at this point in his Clearly, career this is yeah. the second francis ford coppola movie that he's been in anyway so we're back in 1960 and you start seeing yeah. the same characters you just saw from the 25th you know high school reunion but younger. So they, and no, like, I don't, I don't know how much effort was given. And I know look, Kathleen Turner's 32 in this movie. Like, like she is 32 right. when she's filming. So she can go to 42. She can go to probably 18 and be somewhat believable. Sure. Mm. Um, 80s, 18. But <laughs> I think the most transformed obviously was Nick Cage from old Nick Cage to 18 year old Nick Cage. The rest of them, Jim Carrey's kind of the same. Like the nerdy dude's kind of the same. Cosmetics just weren't that great. Uh, Yeah. I don't know that he changed that much though, honestly. Like he still had the weird teeth when he was old and when he was young. He still had the hair that was like slicked back. It just wasn't quite as much of a pompadour. 
like Pompadour when he was older, it was more a little more slicked back, but he still was like had the exact same look. Right, he's wearing false teeth, right? Or wearing a different like a set of teeth. One hundred percent, yes. All right, so Peggy Sue goes back in time, and then this is what starts like basically uh, her inner struggle with herself into gonna, do I change what happened in the past to affect my future or do I yeah, not? She's so, gonna she's gonna uh, desegregate schools. And- <laughs> She's going to lead the civil rights movement. She's got to make some decisions. Apparently, she's going to start the Beatles, too. Right. You know, according to this movie. Yeah. It was just, uh, there was was a lot to unpack in the beginning. Because you go from the high school, then she goes home. And then what are we discovering now? Because this is, you know, this is Tom Hanks and Big, you know, going back in time. And that's another movie that I think about when I think of this. When you thought of this? It's like Big. Like, um... But big didn't time travel. No, you're right. But so, all right. So she goes home. All right. So she goes, she, she's back in 1960. She wakes up in the nurse office or whatever. And then she goes home and, um, she's like, why, you know, wow. She's still adjusting to the fact she's in the past. She's like, am I dead? Am I like, she doesn't know what it is, but then she sees her parents and she sees her parents young right yeah and and that's got to be kind of a weird i don't know it got me thinking because now i'm a parent and it's i don't know it, it like messed with me a little bit i was like damn i can't imagine going back to a time in my life when uh you look the same age as your mom <sighs> yeah basically but when and she like, hugs her and she goes oh that chanel number five like you always loved and that's where the you know it right. starts off stuff like that right and she sees her little sister and she's like oh my god let's play park cheesy yeah <laughs> let's not be yeah, yeah let's not i'm not gonna be an ass to you i'm gonna be nice to you because i'm i get a do-over you're yeah, getting a you're do-over. getting a do-over right yeah so she's like oh shit yeah i'm gonna be nice to you instead of being a jerk and and I don't know. There's there's it's just steeped in nostalgia. So then we meet uh, Nick Cage comes over what for a date or something like they're yeah. dating at the time obviously because they are married in later life and right. apparently he gets her pregnant when she turns eighteen. Then uh, this is coming towards the end of the like this is progressing through the movie. She's getting yeah. older and older and she's about to turn eighteen. Uh, and that's the night she gets pregnant with her first kid, which spirals this whole marriage out of control thing. So uh, we we see a lot of Nick Cage, early Nick Cage, and uh, yeah, but they're so they're like weird. On, like they're, he he acts really weird. Yeah, because like, they're they're on the outs, right? Like they're talking about breaking up, or he's kind of leading the conversation. Yeah, he's tra- talking about breaking up with her so he can play the field, basically. Yeah. And then he wants to get back together with her in three years. This is play it when, when the field dries up. <laughs> yeah, or his voice drops. <laughs> Maybe it's because riding that voice to. Yeah. Because the underlying theme that I didn't, it took me so long to pick up on was he wanted to be a professional singer. Right. Like, I did not catch that until he was in the, uh, like, lounge in the club singing for that one dude. And I was like, oh, he's really trying to be a professional singer. He's going after it. Yeah. And he's, he's crooning on the weekends to the high school girls. Do you think that's his real voice when he sings? I don't know if y'all remember that, but it was, it sounded pretty dubbed and, it was good. Mm, I thought. It, I don't know. I thought it kind of sounded like him. I, I think it sounded like him too. Really? I think. I, I bet Nick Cage was a man of many talents in the mid '80s. You, if if he was, he could pull off a better voice than that voice. <laughs> but that was a choice, man. That was like that here. was he was going what? for that voice. Yeah, it was okay. like 
like I said before, Coppola kept asking him to play it, and he said he would do it if he can only do it in an over-the-top manner. So there's a lot of things people talk about, like okay. Nick, Nick Cage in this movie, and like the way, like when he was first came over to Peggy Sue's house, and they gave him a Rice Krispie treat. I don't know if you guys noticed things like this, like I do in the movies, but the way he ate that Rice Krispie treat, which was about this size... He opens his entire mouth and just like drops it straight in the like, entire, like all at once, and then just starts <laughs> chewing loud, like really loudly, like a snake eating something, which is like yeah. loosening his jaw and putting it in. Then he's all awkward with her, but the, she he he's showing glimpses of why she married him in the first place. But I, right. there's a couple of things, man, that just completely throw me off here. And one is when they like drove to the point or whatever. Do you guys, did you, I see, I see yeah. Juicebox yeah. nodding, yeah. so oh, this yeah. has got to be a big point. This yeah, is, yeah. yeah, when when Peggy Sue's basically in 1985 headspace, but in, you know, 1960 body-wise, and she just wants to get fucked. Yeah, she's yeah. born I mean, dog, dude. Yeah, she yeah. really is. She's like, it's been time, you know, I've figured out this stuff, now let's do this a little bit earlier. They, yeah. These guys got, you know, tighter skin and more stamina and what. <laughs> I don't know why I started with that. Tighter one. skin, yeah, bigger yeah. muscles. Okay, uh, is this something we want to cut out? They're, they're <laughs> tighter skin. Do you want me to put the Chippendales poster back up? <laughs> I wrote down in that part like she is going through all like she's just being the dude basically. Like she's pressuring him. Right. And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And one line that Charlie had was, "You said if you love me, you'd do it." That's a man's line. Yeah. Uh, he also said, uh, she was like, you know, trying to get up on him. And he was like, sex. No, you can do it. Look at Cindy. <laughs> uh, he said, you mean intercourse? <laughs> That's nothing. That's I can't do it. Uh, sex, you mean intercourse. And then she says something, and, and I'm pretty sure he says, with my wang. Like, <laughs> he said, you mean my wang? You, yeah. You mean with my wang? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You mean my wang. Timid, timid. She wanted to pull out little Charlie. Let me ask you something. If you, had, if you had a girl that confident and 18, and it's just you in a car, I mean... Yeah, come on. What are, what are we doing here? Like he he I is the know. nervous having a kid probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. It, it, she yeah. basically had to force it. And like later in the movie, he's like, "All right, I'm ready." And I guess you guys are right. It's reverse roles. Well, like, all right. So in the beginning, he's the one talking about breaking up, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, maybe." Like I know how yeah. things worked out with you. So he's like, all of a sudden, like, "Oh shit!" Like, wait a minute, is that what I want? And like, so when. It, when she's in control, yeah, she's taking control from the get go. It seems like, like, so I, he's seeing that and he's reacting to it. So yeah, it puts him off guard. And then what happens next? She goes and runs for that real dick, and yeah, that is the, the introductory poster we saw on the wall. The guy who was not at the twenty fifth the uh, reunion, Nick. the beatnik. Yes, the. The typical 1960s guy who slicks his hair back and probably rolls cigarettes up in his sleeve, you know, uh, wears tight jeans, Jack, a lot of dark colors. Kerak wannabe. Reads. Yeah. Uh, nobody else reads back then, right? Oh, back then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, why are you looking at me like that? Why are you looking at me like that? He's, he's the educated, dark one that always knows the answers <laughs> in class, but never wants to speak up until he's, you know, required to. 
Can ride, and then he blows the teacher away somehow, you he, know, and he and he rides a motorcycle. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. the, I should have leaned in with that. Can yeah. that be my tagline? What? The educated dark one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I'm not educated. Uh, anyway, so she she finds him in a diner because she's still on her quest for dick. Uh, I think she can get past a lot of this 1960s stuff if she gets past that part. So yeah. she finds this dude in a diner. She likes what he says. She remembers, man, I missed out on that in high school. Let's give this a, you know, a co- good high Shit, school yeah. try right now. So she rides on the motorcycle with him up into the woods. Like yeah. this is where he's going at night is in right. the woods. And they smoke weed that she had. She had somehow <laughs> confiscated it from her kid or something and it traveled back in time with her is like what uh, how I interpreted that. I Must don't know. have been in her pocket. Maybe she always knew where it was and now she's back in time. She wasted no time getting it. Maybe. No, she alludes to like taking it from her daughter. Oh. Like she says something about that because the dude's like, oh, this is really good grass. And she's like, yeah. Even it traveled even all the way back here. I mean, she says something about confiscating it from her daughter. Oh, okay. Fuck, I miss that. Damn. All right. So yeah. So she huh. traveled. She was packing weed back in time. Anyway, so she's with him, and he's reading her like poetry and telling her what he's gonna do in the future. And there's just so many things that don't add up. Like his poetry starts out great. Like I'm about to, you know, you're about to drop those panties. I'm reading this awesome poetry to you that I wrote. And then he starts talking about like rats throwing up and it got, it went way off the rails. Mm -hmm. Like it was like a high school kid who tried too hard. I guess at the end, he tried to be too edgy, too edgy. And then she's like, Oh my God, but I'm still like, want to follow you to the depths of, you know, hell. And let's see where it goes next. And he's like, we got to get out of here after we graduate. She's like, where are we going? Like New York or Paris? He's like, no. Fucking uh, Utah. Utah. <laughs> and then the bomb drops. And you're like, what? She, and first of all, you should get it immediately. But if you don't, because you're in 1986 and all the stuff really hadn't got up to you know the speed yet. Uh, he's talking about polygamy like right off the bat. He's mm-hmm. like, we're going to Utah because I've got this other side chick that I haven't told you about until right now. Yeah. And now I'm dropping the bomb because you're just going to love that you have somebody to play with at home while I go work. And then I get to, you know, come home to both of you. No, it he was, was like, you guys will do the cooking and cleaning okay. and I'll do and I'll just write. <laughs> Damn. I mean, immediate like, well, like, okay, so think about Kathleen Turner's 18-year-old mind. Maybe that would work, right? But he just didn't realize that he has just dropped this on a time traveler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's technically 42. Yeah, and she's like, yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah, yeah right, my boy. All right, so that's his story in the movie. He basically, but they bone and they they do bone. Yeah, they bone, and she's like, so she gets her. She's, she's like, I'm never gonna she, call you back. She gets her revenge on Nick Cage for boning later on in life. Or yeah, or I guess kind of. Yeah, who's to say that her kid isn't Michael Fit? They, I looked it up. The dude's name is Michael Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons. Who, who's to right. say it's not Michael Fitzsimmons' kid and uh, not Nick Cage's kid? You know, Damn. she bangs him like what, maybe a couple of days before. That's true. Damn. All right. Cool. I'm, I'm now I'm really into this movie. No, I was gonna say it just goes back to the whole thing that I always think about is like, is it a time loop? Like, has this thing just been continually going on right. and going on and going on? And she had a chance to break the cycle and she didn't break the cycle. 
All right. So anyway, get through this. Peggy Sue, obviously, she's got she she went back in time. She saw some stuff. She got to see her grandparents. That was cool. She boned the dude in high school. She never got to bone. right. And she befriends she, the nerd. She befriends. Oh yeah, that's another big part. So that's the next part. Is like she finds the nerd, the guy who and we meet in the twenty fifth reunion, high school reunion. Right. Um, and the nerd became rich and famous. Um, yeah, the right? millionaire nerd. So now we're going back in time. He's still a nerd. He still gets picked on in the lunch, whatever, but she like, you know, goes and shows him attention and tells him that he's gonna do great things. But she because right. she thinks he's the one who's gonna fix the time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and convinces her or him that she's from the future yep. and then starts giving him like trade secrets from the future. Basically, yeah. Which yeah. ultimately gets him rich. So she's the reason right he got rich. Right. And all she got was some flowers twenty five years later. That is true. Man, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. He could have dropped some shares on her. Yeah. Um, but I guess we didn't know this in the beginning. We did know it in the end. You're right. right. He only gave her flowers. He's a piece of shit. He, <laughs> <laughs> he invented a bunch of stuff. Um, and then, so we're trying to get Peggy Sue. Now she's done everything. She's kind of starting to come to the idea that maybe she is supposed to be with Nick Cage because she keeps falling in and out of love with him. And, you know, what's what's the yeah. grass is greener type thing. Yeah. So, I was just going to say, in y'all's opinion, what what sealed the deal that made her come back around? Because like, I, I felt like there's no conflict and really no conflict resolution. I know what it was. It was her kids. It was always her kids because that yeah. was the one thing she kept referencing was how much she loved her kids and how much she missed her kids. And then he gave her that locket and it had their baby their pictures in it, but she saw her kids' pictures. So it was like. It was her kids that drew her back. You're right. You're right. That's what it is. Uh, you yeah. would think that it was that kids. trap. You were. You would think that it was <laughs> <laughs> trap. God, it's that trap. You would uh, think that that is uh, what drew her back to reality. Uh, but you guys are completely missing my favorite part of this movie, which is you know pretty much the prequel to the ending is how she actually got back or was going to get back prior to uh, discovering her kids and the locket and the love and everything and realizing she wants Nick Cage, which was when she went and visited her grandparents. Oh my God. Yes. I love that part so much. And it's the pretty much the end of 1960s, you know, Kathleen Turner. And she goes to visit her grandparents to like, cause Nick Cage (laughs) like tried to, smother her with a pillow like that that part was wild because she cheated on him with the motorcycle dude yeah Fitzsimmons and then she's at home sleeping and he finds out already that night from the from her friends who saw her on the motorcycle so he goes and tries to like smother her with a pillow yeah Yeah. that shit was crazy he's a fucking creep dude yeah so she needs to get away from things she goes and visits her grandparents uh, and tells her feels competent enough to tell her grandparents that she's from the future and that you know here is everything that's going to happen she named her kid after the grandmother and all this other stuff and then all of a sudden uh, we find out that the grandfather is in this secret club of people who bring people back and forth from the future yeah that was wild yeah. also like her grandmother alludes to the fact that she knows when she's going to die. It's almost like she has some, this kind of like Correct. unstuck in time type thing going on also, or she has experienced it before. Like they're both, as soon as she tells them, they're both immediately like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. 
Yeah. I mean, how how fucking convenient can it be that somebody in your own family is can get you back in time when like you don't even think anybody knows about this? I mean, maybe it's hereditary. You know what I'm saying? Like her grandmother has the power. Her grandfather knows about the power or like the time wolf. travel thing. Yeah. Exactly. Team Wolf. Time travel wolf. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so she goes down to the lodge where these old dudes are just like sitting around. They're like, oh, we got another one. Like somebody that wants to come in and get exercised back to the future. Twice as week. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my favorite part of this whole movie is... They are like going through this seance to get mm-hmm. her back and like this lightning strikes and the power goes out and then Nick Cage jumps through the window, steals her back through the window and the lights come on and these dudes actually think they did it. Yeah. And then, right. then best part, they think that they just sent somebody back to the future. So what do they do next? They said, well, it's time to play cards. Yeah, and like just like go break out the about, cards. Yeah, casually yep. back to their business. So anyway, she ends up hooking with hooking up with him, and that's like what is the transition back to the future, right? Like after she like she's she, hooking up with him, and then all she of a sudden she's waking decision. up into the future. Yeah, she made the conscious decision to just have sex with him in that same barn. Apparently, that's where that the first thing happens, and she gets back on the current timeline, wakes up in the future, nothing changes, except. I guess the guy writes a book and dedicates dedicates it to her, and the guy who became rich only gave her flowers. But you're right; that is really the only thing that the changed only. because he still cheated on her with the same person. Right? Sure. Like nothing changed in that sense at all. Do yep. you think um, the Do you think that Wang <laughs> just what brought her back to the future? <laughs> what? The Instead Wang of a DeLorean, it's his Wang. <laughs> it's the Wang brings you back. That's the end of the movie, right? More or less. That's, that's or less, it. Yeah. She wakes up. She accepts uh, uh, Nick Cage for, or you know, Charlie. She accepts him. She says that he can come back to his house and eat dinner with his kids. Like that was a big deal. Yeah, he leaves the girlfriend, and then credits roll, and basically nothing happened. Uh, Peggy Sue didn't even get married in this movie. Um, no, she she, she got divorced. She had a. She didn't get divorced. Sh- or no, she, she didn't get divorced. They had she, a separation, right? They weren't really Peggy divorced. Peggy Sue got separated. It's time for this week's movie marriage. I need to tell you something. I'm pregnant. Are you sure? I got seven kids. I think I know what I'm talking about. This week, my movie marriage. I hate to say it now because we've gone through so many good movies that we've compared this through throughout the podcast, but I originally wrote down Back to the Future, obviously. Clearly. This is the girls' Back to the Future. I think we all have that one. And I wrote down Forever Young. I don't know if you guys remember that. Mel Gibson? Yes, it was with Mel Gibson. Dang. He he gets to go back and then he comes back to the future and he ages really quickly, but he gets to spend some time in that past life with those people. Cool. Um, All right, Tim. So... All right. To me, it's like Back to the Future and like Pretty in Pink or something like that. Like some oh, other yeah. '80s movie mm-hmm. that's like uh, along Freaky the same line. Friday. Freaky Friday, yeah, I so, something. Freaky al- Friday, something along those lines. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it had a very generic feel to it. Like it, I, I don't feel like I'd seen this movie, but I felt like I had seen this movie. You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, my marriage is Back to the Future, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get meta. I'm gonna go another Nick Cage movie, Family Man, which mm. I think is a is Ooh, wow. one where he You're goes. Right. 
back in time or sees a future with a anyway there's some time travel-esque mind transference uh i'm actually a big fan of family man i've seen it a bunch of times i can't wait till we get to that you love christmas movies uh yeah more or less yeah that's cool what's your thing i think you're right about that family man I, i like that one all right, so another segment that we do to round this uh, episode of Peggy Sue Got Married Out is we all, we all uh, give our tagline. So we read the original tagline for the movie, which is obviously Peggy Sue Got Married, da-da-da-da-da, and then yeah. we give our own taglines or what we've come up with. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It might be kind of hard to beat this tagline. Like the original? Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's one of the best ones I think I've seen for when we've done this. Peggy Sue Got Married. Or will she? Or will she? See, I wrote down, uh, Peggy Sue got married, or will she? Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? I, Dave, I read that somewhere. The, you had the tagline? Oh. I read like that was That's part like of, two different taglines. Oh, it there. is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. There was, gotcha. There was, according to IMDb, there's five different taglines, but that Holy was just the shit. first one. Or will she? That is pretty good. Okay. All right. So now we read our own tagline, which is uh, the fun part. Yes. Some of these are good. They're very movie-themed, and some of them are just absolutely terrible. All right. Who wants to go first? You want me to go Should first? Flip a coin? I'll fuck it. I'll go first. All right. Peggy Sue got married for the white. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is All a right. good one. All right, I got more. For the wang. For the wang. All right. Come for the nostalgia. Stay for Nick Cage's voice. <laughs> Terrible. It's good. It's not good. Juice box. Uh, Peggy Sue got married again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It just goes with my time loop. Thing. See, I like that. Uh, he, you've got the good voice of the Peggy Sue got married. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was shooting for. Peggy Sue got married. That trap. That's my, that's it. That's all I got. Peggy Sue got married. You'll love the sequel, Cocaine Dentists. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine Walter. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and go around the room and rate this. Okay. We have a rating system. Our best rating is this. Yeah, he's awful damn good. I think I got the best one. Our middle of the road rating is this. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. And our bottom of the barrel rating is this. And I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a middle of the road. All right, I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm going middle of the roadie. Also, I didn't love this movie, but I didn't hate it. It was entertaining, I guess. I, maybe I liked it more than Valley Girl. Yeah, I don't know. It was less. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it just shows like Nicolas Cage is making some decisions decisions right. from the get go. Like he is playing these characters how he wants to play them from the start. Right, that is something, I guess. But like you asked me if I was like Bucky asked me earlier. He's like, just watch the movie again. I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, he's awful damn good. I think I got the best one. I'm gonna give this the highest rating, and here's why: because 
when you are in the year 2023 and you are 41 years old, you mm-hmm. go back to these 80s movies and they make you feel like a kid again. Like you remember this stuff and the way they shot movies back then and the way PG-13 was able to get away with a couple of cuss right. words and a side boob. Like it's just this what to me it it was fun. It was I would watch it again. Um I'm surprised that I hadn't seen it until okay. now yeah and the only other thing i have to go on is valley girl so i i, I yeah. like i enjoyed yeah. this much more than valley girl same much more same um and i don't know if i could watch that one again but yeah i would definitely the, watch the, this one so the whole cast was better acted in this movie than valley yeah. girl i mean it was it was all well, it's, a, it's an fcc film yeah ffc ffc francis ford a couple of ffc yeah. um yeah, do you have some notes? So yeah, I just had a couple of random things that I wanted that that I took. Um, one of the notes I took was, I don't know if you guys remember the moment where she, Peggy Sue gets home and her mom is meeting with that stranger and she's like being very hush hush about it, and it turns out he's like a Democratic representative and she doesn't want her husband to know that she's voting for a Democrat. Oh, Whoa, I missed that. Yeah, that was that was kind of wild. Um, uh oh. Huh. Wasn't that popular back then? Who was the president in 1960? Uh, it was. It was, She would have been voting for JFK, JFK right? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. He was popular. So, and and uh, another thing I wanted to bring up is like some of the movies that you could have watched the weekend that this opened. Oh, okay. What, what some you of your yeah, what yeah. some of your other options were? Number one movie that weekend was Crocodile Dundee. That was already no it, it had already been out for like four weeks or something at that point. It was number one. Peggy Sue got married number two. Jumping Jack Flash number three. Whoopee. Which is kind of wild because I want to dive back into the uh, the mess of the pre-production on this. Like Penny Marshall directed Jumping Jack Flash. She was supposed to direct this movie, but they oh. decided not for her to not do it. And so she decided to take that movie. So they end up coming out about the same time and competing against each other, which wow. is kind of wild. Uh, Top Gun is in the theater then. Oh, shit. Top right. Gun had already been out in the theater for like a half a year, and it was still pulling So I'd already like seen it months. like four times. So Stand By Me was in the theater. <sighs> Karate Kid Part 2. Movies were just better back then. Blue Velvet. Like there was a lot of heavy hitter. I, I don't know if Karate Kid Part Two is like a heavy hitter, but you know, I watched it a lot sure. as a kid. Yeah. Coming off the success of one, it was a pretty heavy hitter. I mean, they changed scenery into which, uh, you know, just gave you a perspective from a different country. I guess same same story, just yeah, yeah. No, it invented or it introduced the uh, those those drums that you roll between your finger or hands. Yeah. That swing on the sides. Yeah, everybody had that. But that had been wild. that was Karate Kid's like seventeenth week in the theater, which is Damn. wild to think about how much longer movies used to stay in the theater. Like now, it's like seventeen weeks after it's released, it's coming out on digital. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a wild. lot of production to put it on VHS tape, or that's like probably mass yeah, produced. Probably that. had a lot of lot to yeah. do with it. And that is wild. As always on Bucky's Basement, if you are listening to us on your favorite podcast network, you know, Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever, you know, everybody says it, like, subscribe, do whatever, Google us, go to Bucky'sBasement.com. There's a lot of cool stuff on there, a lot of content. If you are looking for us on social media, feel free to go to Instagram, Bucky's underscore basement. All right. Tell your mom and them. They call me Peggy Sue cause I be pegging in the stew I'm strapping, girl, I'm strapping you 
strap a whole fucking crew Bad bitch, you hot and I am too No time for game talk, what we gonna do? Champagne and brain for me and you Still be creaming when we do Trust me, I know the right spot Get you on a force and I won't stop Make that pussy zip zap zap Make you scream, baby